Cock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. It's my intro. I can do it any way I want. Do it any way I want. So I had a weird dream where I was sleeping on Matt Walsh's couch in his basement. And he kept coming down to yell at me for smoking in his house. And every time he caught me, I felt awful. But I kept doing it. Eventually, I just shouted back at him, but yeah, but you smoke cigars. And he goes, yeah, outside. Anyway, I'm just shocked that Matt Walsh let me crash on his couch, even in my dreams. Uh, maybe I should just uh, lucid dream and drop a deuce on his bed. God, I hate dreaming. I wake up feeling like uh, like I've been busy all night. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm your host, The Madman. Uh, I want to remind you that I have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and become a patron. I would appreciate it. If you just want to send me a tip or a one-time payment, you can use the cash tag shockmonkeyradio through the cash app. Send me money that way. Um, I also have books available on Amazon. You can find the links down in the description. Unless you're watching live today, then I'll be, you know, I don't, uh, I don't do it when we go live. I will update it tomorrow to include all the links to the Patreon and so forth and the books and so forth. Uh, so uh, if you want, you can go back to last week's video or the previous week's video and find links right now if you need it right now. But the link will be in the description in a day or two. Anyway, um, I want to give a quick shout out to a much more successful YouTube channel. And because I have a lot of respect for what they do, and this is a scammer payback. Scammer Payback, payback YouTube channel. Check it out. Uh, I, I know that there's a lot of these scam baiter kinds of channels and stuff like that, but this guy I think is a real, real hero, real professional. In many ways, I think of like what I might do if I got all vigilante with all the hacking stuff I learned when I was in the Navy and so forth. It's like, uh, so basically what he does is he's, he deals with these scam callers, these people who will call, they specifically target like older generation, like people like my, my parents, and stuff like that. It happened to them. Luckily, I knew enough. My mom's like, he's talking about something with the computer. And I was like, why do you need to install this remote access software to my computer? You know, just my hacker instincts got riled up. And I was just like, so I knew how to evade it. But a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know. And what Scammer Payback does, he creates all these fake identities and stuff like that. Gets these scammers to text him and, or call him and stuff like that. And it's always some dude in India. Yes, thank you for being connected with Amazon, you know? It's like we found there's a hacker in your computer and we need to <laughs> we need to have access to your computer to stop them. <laughs> we need to hack into your computer, so help us hack into your computer. And that's what they do. And, it, you know, it even gets crazy where they, they'll do things like uh, they want you to go get, like, uh, gift cards and go and read them the numbers for the d gift cards over the phone. And they'll scam money that way. They even go as far as getting people get uh, shipping books to people with cash in in between the pages. It's insane. It's a hell of a hell of a scam, and a lot of it's being run out of like uh, India and thereabouts. And so what he does, he baits these guys, just wait, uh, you know, wastes their time on the phone, messing with them and all these different characters and identities. He's got voice changer and everything. And here's the thing: he also learned some Hindi and Punjabi. Think about that. I don't know if he learned any Urdu, but 
I, he speaks, he understands, and so he'll translate what they're saying in the background. And, you know, these people are like uh, Hispanic people in the United States. They think nobody understands Hindi, right? So they're like talking trash about him. It's like, this woman's an alcoholic, but they're saying it in Hindi. And then, he, but at the same time, when he gives them access to his computer, he will go into their computer because when you do that remote access software, it goes both ways. So he'll access their computer. He'll start copying files. He'll copy files from the desktop where he suspects there might be information about other, uh, other uh, uh, victims of these crimes. He'll copy those files and then just start deleting files off their desktop. It's like all, you know, all, the, all the files that they have. He'll just start deleting them all. And that's, that's vigilante awesomeness. You know what I'm saying? And then he'll once he gets information to somebody, some other victim, because they'll have information like their name, their credit card number, you know, their phone number, email address, and stuff like that. And so he will call up some of these other victims and say, "Have you been on the phone with Amazon or Microsoft lately?" And he's like, "Yeah, they asked me to get some gift cards and stuff like that." And well, I'm telling you, that's a scam. Don't go for it. You know? I'm like, oh, okay. And that's real vigilante stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I got a lot of respect for scammer payback. Go check them out. Say, tell him Shock Monkey Radio sent you uh, because, you know, in another life, I think that's what I would have liked to have done. Instead, I'm just selfishly trying to make money on this YouTube channel. <laughs> Talking about myself all day, the things I want to do. Things I like. So I was listening to Gavin McInnes, and he said something really stupid the other day. Now, I imagine you're not surprised, <clears throat> but he said people can't write drunk. And, and he said something to the effect that if a cop pulls over a writer, don't give him a breathalyzer, give him a typewriter. And I think that's probably the dumbest thing I, that Gavin McInnes has ever said. You know, I've known lots of writers that write in that state. I have five books out there and 40% of all of them were written in that state. And half of what I write for this show, at least half of the show is written in that state. Additionally, since the advent of social media, I would wake up some mornings with a throbbing hangover and my social media alerts uh, alight with comments from the night before that I don't remember making. To this day, that happens. I've always said I need one of those interlock things for my computer so I don't get on Facebook or something and be rude to people and lose friends. People told me that there's apps that prevent, you, uh, prevent people from drunk, drunk dialing and stuff like that. And they, but they do it by making you solve a puzzle or something. And that stuff never works on me because even when I'm shit-faced, I'm smarter than most of you are sober. So don't tell me writers can't write drunk. In fact, I am shocked at the quality of my grammar and spelling while three sheets to the wind. So don't think everyone in the world is like you, Gavin. So he got on this whole tirade talking about Hunter S. Thompson and uh, his drug regimen. Coke, shivis, Coke, grass, more scotch. More coke, acid, blah, blah, blah. And yes, I agree with Gavin that Hunter S. Thompson probably exaggerated his drug intake. But it, but it can be done. Especially writing in that kind of state can be done. Especially when you consider Hunter S. Thompson's content. I've read your book, Gavin, The Death of Cool. You're not even as good as Hunter S. Thompson. Because Hunter S. Thompson is like the Beatles of writing. He's the Bryce Harper of writing overrated you know what i'm saying overrated so yes a smart person like myself can drink a lot and still write effectively you gavin mcginnis regularly shit your pants and brag about it on get off my lawn i haven't done that since i was a baby wait no 
No, there was this one time when I was in the Navy, I was sick and I sneezed real hard and I had to go shower and change. But that's it. Just because you can't do it doesn't mean no one can. And yes, Hunter S. Thompson was a liar. Writers often are. <sighs> I debated even putting this next uh, rant <laughs> in today's show because it's such a it, it, it's a it's a it's a movie I saw again I saw, saw for a second time called Compliance, and I hesitated to put this uh, to talk about this because it's such a horrible horrible nightmare of a movie. It's incredibly uncomfortable, EK, as EK says. It's a very frustrating movie. Now, uh, I watched this movie for the second time. I had seen it a few years ago on Netflix, and it's a disturbing and frustrating movie, and most terrifying of all is that it's based upon true stories. So I watched it again last night, and now I feel comfortable saying that this movie can somewhat be an argument that women shouldn't be in the sole positions of leadership in any workplace. I know. I know you're ready to write me off as just another sexist, but please hear me out and let me explain. First, the details of the plot. Man calls a fast food restaurant claiming to be, to be a cop, and one of the female employees is suspected of stealing. The manager complies with the detective's orders to search the employee's property for cash that was allegedly stolen from a customer's purse. They comply, yet find no cash. The man on the phone then directs the manager and assistant manager, who are both females, to strip search the employee, which is a young female. But the rush of keeping the business going in the restaurant keeps the manager <clears throat> from going in and out, keeps the manager going in and out from this investigation in order to do her job. And she clearly doesn't have the time to really think all this out. Eventually, the caller asks for a male employee to watch the suspected thief and tries to get him to inspect her naked body which he refuses because his instincts tell him it's wrong. But he doesn't have the guts to point out exactly how wrong it all is. Then the caller asks the manager to call her fiance, Evan, to come down and watch this girl because the manager is so busy. The caller calls him, she, he comes down, and the caller tells him to inspect her naked body, to describe her nipples, to spank her, and there's even an implied sex act. And Evan complies with all of it because he's a gutless beta. And he freaks out over everything that just happened, and he leaves in a hurry. Finally, finally, a grizzled old maintenance worker, Harold, comes in to take Evan's place and finally calls bullshit on the evil things that are happening. The movie ends, detectives get involved, and they finally catch the bad guy. But... This whole series of events takes place over several hours in the office of a fast food restaurant. And most of the time, this poor girl was naked throughout. It's awful and shocking that this is based upon true stories. This happened to something like 70 times in real life. Now, I know there's a couple of males that don't do enough and didn't call bullshit on what was happening. But these female bosses really failed that employee. An employee, an employer, excuse me, has a duty to protect the rights and dignity of their employees. And yes, the film did make a point of that fact in the very last scene of the movie. <clears throat> Searching the employee's pockets and purse are certainly within the rights of an employer who suspects an employee of stealing. 
However, once a guy on the phone asks you to strip search an employee, you should know well enough that through basic common sense that such a thing is crazy and illegal. They should have said, I am not doing your job for you, officer. You come here, you come down here and do that. I have my own job to do. Then you hang up the phone and you tell your employee to get a lawyer. But no, these women kept on saying things like the faster we get this done, the faster it'll all be over, which, such, which is such a gutless cop-out, it infuriates me. Anyone with any sense should know that detectives will, no, will never conduct investigations over the phone, even if they claim to be in a different crime scene. Over the course of the hours that this takes place and no cops show up, your bullshit meter should have been steadily rising. I would say this, that there's a no-nonsense black female employee that's in the movie that probably would have called bullshit long before the strip search. But this story is not about her. Instead, we got these female, female managers who didn't have the guts to stand up to a voice on a phone asking them to do highly illegal things which violate the Fourth Amendment. I know you're a fast food worker, but certainly you've heard of the Fourth Amendment. I know you might think I'm beating up on these women, but let's be honest, it was their duty to stop all this before it got out of hand. Kevin, the young male employee who smelled something fishy about the whole situation, he didn't feel that he had the right to stop it because he had left the freezer door open or something the night before and felt like he was on thin ice with his job. But he should have at least called the real cops at some, some point con to, uh, considering his, all, his, all his suspicions. Evan, the fiancé of the manager, probably knew it was all bullshit. But because he was an ugly old man and this was a young, hot girl, he kind of let it happen. He's probably the most evil person in the movie, even more so than the caller, because all, he, all the caller got out of it was simply vicarious. I am shocked that this, that this is based upon true stories that actually happened. Anyone who's ever been in any kind of trouble with the law knows that police never conduct investigations like that over the phone, much less ask you to describe the nipples or give a suspect a spanking. It's the indifference of good people that angers me the most. I don't think the manager or the assistant manager are bad people. I just think that they didn't bother to stand up for the employee in their charge, even a suspected thief. Now, this movie angered me so much that if I had to give it a star rating, it'd either be like three of 13 stars or 13 of 13 stars. I'm not sure. Just remember this. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. All right. We got the, we got the unpleasantries over. So let's go to the land of make-believe, shall we? Thank you. Thank you all so much for crowning me king of the world. There's, there's so many people to thank, but I'm not going to. Because none of you matter anymore. Only me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. So, as my first act of king of the world, I would like to go on to everyone's podcast. Wait, wait. I mean, first... First, I'm disbanding the House of Representatives so you can all go home and the government can sell or lease all those buildings you use up and we can start trying to whittle away at this national debt. So reps, go home, get real jobs. This representation based upon population, that nonsense is gone. You're welcome, Dakotas. <coughs> 
Anyway, the second first thing I'm doing is going on everyone's podcast. And, and you, can't, you can't say no to me. You can't say no to the king. So I want to go talk on Rogan on his show, and hopefully Joey Diaz will sit down with us. You know, I want to go on Get Off My Lawn. I want to go on Tim Cast, Crowder, Shapiro, Walsh. Not Knowles. Not Knowles. And basically, that's it. Just a quick tour of all my favorite shows, mostly because I just want to meet and hang out with these people and exchange some ideas about what should happen during my reign. Except for all the stuff I'm mentioning today, because all this shit is going to happen. House of Representatives, you guys all packed up yet? You on the road back home yet? You got your resume re ready? Get out! Waste of time and money. All the money saved on these reps and their aides and their drivers and their security can all be sent, spent on working down the national debt. And if my podcast and YouTube channel needs to turn a profit to matter to anyone, then the same should hold true for our government. I'm the king of the world, and thus I decree. Now let's talk foreign policy. First of all, we're changing the U.S. flag. We're going back to that 13 stars in a circle, 13 stripes thing. It's way cooler. And it's better suited for what I have planned. All right. And then what we do is we open the possibility for every nation in the world to join the United States as a new state. But they would have to alter their government into a state government similar to the other U.S. states and obey by our laws. You're welcome, third world. Now the FBI can busy itself with taking out criminal warlords in Africa or something instead of getting involved in politics. This would instantly make every single person in those countries a U.S. citizen. And if we're doing that, we might as well give, all the, uh, give amnesty to all the illegal immigrants at this point. But seriously, though, you got to come in and get, let us get paperwork on you. We need to collect your taxes, all right? <laughs> yeah, we're still collecting taxes. We're going to change some of the tax. We'll get to that maybe tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe. All right, you also have to learn English. I mean, you can speak as many languages as you want, but the business of the kingdom of the United States is now conducted in English. Learn it, especially if you play, especially if you play baseball. I am so sick of seeing people who have been in the major leagues for 10 years plus and still need a translator. Oh, and football, that's gone. That's illegal. Not soccer, obviously. American concussion ball is what I'm talking about. I haven't made up my mind. Uh, uh, hockey is also on the chopping block. I haven't made up my mind on that yet because I wouldn't want curling to get too popular. All right. Um, anyway, as for the military, well, we're going to need to spend some more money on that, which that's just how it is. And we need to spend more on that. And all the officers, excluding limited duty officers and warrant officers, must resign their commission or get demoted to E1. No more officers being shooed into positions of authority. You can work your way up all the way to general or admiral, but this nonsense about a college education making you superior to, to enlisted people is gone. Like the House of Representatives. Did we get people cleaning those offices yet so we could put them up on the market or, or, uh, or at least Airbnb them? Anyway, as, as for countries that don't want to join my new kingdom... <laughs> Okay, just uh, keep your nose clean. You know, you harbor terrorists or commit human rights abuses. You're going to see carrier battle groups everywhere. Everywhere. Don't think I'm not crazy enough to nuke your asses back to the Iron Age. You know, you can't nuke people back to the Stone Age. That doesn't make any sense. Because there would be survivors, and then there will be people who still remember how to mine iron. 
Hell, even steel, just add carbon. There'll be some charcoal briquettes laying around. Anyway, now, I want to talk about how I'm going to overhaul education. First of all, any teacher that ever talks about sex with kids will be fired and probably arrested and put on the sex offender registry. The only exception is sex ed, which should be taught somewhere around ninth or 10th grade where they are almost mature enough to handle such subject matter. But the sex ed curriculum will be very strict with a focus on abstinence and waiting for heterosexual marriage to have sex. Anything under, other than heterosexual will be considered abnormal and should be mocked without mercy. Ah, ah, ah! I'm the king. Can't argue with the king. Let's face it, gay men just love orgasms as all men do, and cutting women out of the equation is just about two men engaging in hedonistic desires. Gay women are just mad at men for some reason. Not that they don't have plenty of reasons to be mad at men, but they're usually just mad because the hottest guy in school wasn't interested in them and their life wasn't exactly like some rom-com they watched 10 years ago. So, <laughs> let me see, I got skipped. Okay, uh, this trans people, cross-dressing, that's illegal now. Those people have very serious mental health problems and need a community service board or something like that where they can talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist where they need to be ref uh, affirmed in their true sex. Any or outie. Either one or the other. Check your pants. Ah, ah, ah. No arguing with your king. But that kind of stuff really isn't that important. It's basic biology. And the more important changes... I the more important changes I'm making to education will start from the very beginning in kindergarten. Kindergarten will be recess all day. Kids playing and running around and climbing trees and, and playing. And, and the playgrounds, they're going back to those 80s playgrounds that I grew up on with the dangerous merry-go-rounds and swing sets, all that quote-unquote dangerous equipment because kids need to skin knees. They need to fall off swings, etc. That way they can learn how to get back up and learn how to know their limits. And all day, every day, in kindergarten, kids are outside playing or in the gym if it's raining, snowing, or whatever. First grade equals one hour of classroom instruction. Second grade gets two hours of classroom instruction. And an hour keeps getting added every year. And at the point where you're spending all of school in the classroom, then and only then will you ever be assigned homework. <sighs> As for those years where the kids are spending most of their day in the quote-unquote recess, will, they will not be unsupervised or unorganized. The older they get, the more organization gets implemented. Playing organized sports. That way, so some kid can find out if he has a real talent for baseball or volleyball or any of the other numerous sports and physical activities that they will be involved in during school. Most of all, these kids spend, uh, most of all, these kids spending their growing up years using their body as much as possible in order to set a standard for their metabolism and physical activity. There's nothing more depressing than seeing a fat six-year-old. I'm being hyperbolic. Obviously, there's more depressing stuff than that. But kids shouldn't be fat. Speaking of which, no phones allowed in school, even teachers. If there's an emergency, do it like we did in the old days. Come to the school or call the school office. Your second grader not having a phone doesn't make them unreachable. 
These kids these days are on their devices way too much and not playing kickball or jumping double dutch enough. Man, I love double dutch. And when it comes to college and university, I think it should be free, but I can understand if we can't really make that happen. But if we can't make that happen, at least the cost has to come way, 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 way down. Your education isn't that valuable. Also, there should be a concerted effort to push vocations more so than college or university. We need more HVAC people and plumbers than we need English lit majors. So maybe around ninth or 10th grade, all male students should be required to take at least one vocational class. That way you learn a skill that is marketable as soon as you graduate from high school. After all, some, some kids are sick of school by the 12th grade, like I was. Plus, by then, they know you have, you have to have money in your pocket if you want girls to go out with you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea that every child needs to go to college is silly and unrealistic. So vocational training needs to be focused upon more than higher education. Anyway, that's all the decrees I have for today. The king needs to rest and think great thoughts about the future of humanity. Bring me Elon Musk to play chess with me. Bring me a case of beer and two cheese pizzas from Brothers. What does Elon like on his pizza? Find out what Elon wants on his pizza and put it on one of those pizzas. Your king has spoken. Your tyrant, mad king. All right, all aboard the trolley. Now departing the land of make-believe. Let's get into the news worth knowing. Kind of losing my voice in the last bit. Shouting all my decrees. <clears throat> okay, so uh, Fauci says U.S. is certainly out of the pandemic phase. Late to the party, pal. Uh, after three years, the United States may be soon moving past the coronavirus pandemic, according to the country's leading infectious disease expert. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has been the mouthpiece for the government's coronavirus response across two presidential administrations, said during an interview on Tuesday that the U.S. was certainly quotes uncertainly out of the pandemic stage though he cautioned that a larger global pandemic was still going make up your mind uh we are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase oh i see for for the united states we are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase that's horrible phrasing doctor he said this during an interview with pbs news hour judy with judy woodruff according to a transcript of the interview Fauci's uh, answer came immediately after he was initially asked, how close are we to the end of this pandemic? And he called that an unanswerable question. But you answered it anyway. anyway this guy. Quote, we don't have 900,000 new, new infections a day and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hospitalizations. Yeah, he said tens tw three times. Tens of thousands of hospitalizations and thousands of deaths. We are at a low level right now, Fauci added. So if you're saying, are we out of a pandemic phase in this country? We are. He talked like Yoda. The president's chief, and it's about the same, same height as Yoda too. The president's chief medical advisor follow, then followed uh, his answer up by saying that the U.S. was not going to eradicate the virus. This government should continue to intermittently, intermittently vaccinate people, per the transcript. He suggested that people uh, may have to get vaccinated yearly and longer, <clears throat> longer than they might expect in an effort to keep infections as low as possible. There might be that might be every year. That might be longer in order to keep that level low. Uh, but right now, we are not in the pandemic phase in this country. So he's got a point. It's like there are other countries that are having a harder time 
uh, getting out of this pandemic, probably because they locked down more severely than we did. And so, you know, there's people who hadn't been touched by it yet. I mean, this is this, this is how you would think a doctor who runs with the CDC and <laughs> infectious diseases and stuff like that, you would understand that this is a virus. This is like, yes, we are certainly out of the pandemic phase. Welcome to the party. You're about two years late, maybe a year late. I don't know. I haven't been wearing a mask this whole time. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't scared. I know you need to assimilate a virus into your system. You know, it happens every year. It's, a, it's, it's just a new flu shot. And that's what he's saying. It's just a new flu shot. That's all. This idiot is so late to the party. Just, I, love, I love being on TV. <laughs> and, and, and you know that's the issue. You know, he loves being on TV. He's a doctor, you know, a, a small, small little doctor, probably made fun of all in school and stuff like that. Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be smart so I can make a lot of money, do important, important doctory work. <laughs> and so he, uh, he goes and he spends his life working like that. And now all of a sudden he's, you know, and, you know, getting on in years and he's like, I wish I could do something else. Like be famous. I would like to be a movie star. <laughs> All right, let's go to this next story. Uh, so European Union, European Union accuses Russia of blackmail after it cut gas to Poland and Bulgaria. Head of the European Union asked Russia, uh, accused Russia of blackmail on Wednesday after it moved to cut gas access to Poland and Bulgaria for refusing to pay up in rubles. Russia owned, owned gas giant Gazprom said earlier in the day that they had shut off gas to the two EU nations, EU nations in retaliation for unpaid energy bills for the month of April when they refused to abide by Moscow's demands to pay in the Russian currency. Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin announced the stipulation that all nations must pay gas fees in rubles in late March in an attempt to bolster his flagging economy stiff international amid stiff international sanctions. Excuse me. The announcement by Gazprom is that it is unilaterally stopping delivery of gas to customers in Europe, yet is, is yet another attempt by Russia to use gas as an instrument of blackmail, EU President Ursula von der Leyen said in a statement. Forgive me if I got that wrong. Uh, this is unjustified and unacceptable, and it shows once again the unreliability of Russia as a gas supplier. Von der Leyen. Uh, said that EU nations are prepared for the were prepared for the scenario and remained in close contact with to identify other means of supplying Poland and Bulgaria with their energy needs. Poland Poland's Prime Minister <sighs> Matthews Morawiecki, forgive me, further condemned the move by uh, Russia as blackmail and vowed uh, in front of his nation's parliament that Warsaw would not be intimidated by Moscow. He said he believed that there the abrupt abrupt cutoff was in retaliations for sanctions Warsaw implemented on 50 uh, Russian oligarchs and businesses, including Gazprom on Tuesday. Poland received 45% of its gas needs from Russia, but the Polish prime minister said his nation would be, uh, would be fine given ga uh, previous gas arrangements made with other countries. A new pipeline dubbed the B Baltic pipe will direct gas uh, from Norway and Poland, which only relied on 9% of its energy needs from the gas uh, to begin with. The pipeline is set to be complete at the end of the year. Warsaw pledged earlier this year to cut gas reliance on Russia by the end of 2022 in retaliation for its deadly war in Ukraine. The EU, said, the EU said it was working on a coordinated response to Russia's move and vowed to stand behind Poland and Bulgaria. All right, so um, here's the thing. Uh, as, as a person who believes in free enterprise, I believe that Russia has every right to ask for 
rubles. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not on Russia's side when it comes to this whole Ukraine thing, obviously. And so, um, but I think that, you know, they have the right to ask for it in rubles. I mean, if, if the U.S. was selling something and saying, no, we want to be paid in, in U.S. dollars, that's good for our economy. It, it makes your currency in, in demand. That's why they're doing it, you know. And so uh, I think that they have a right to ask for that. However, I think, you know, Europe is going to suffer now because here in the U.S., you know, they're shutting down pipelines like crazy because they think they're going to force us all into electric cars. But at the same time, they're furious at the big, largest manufacturer of electric cars right now. <laughs> so, so I don't know what to make of all this stuff. <laughs> Actually, I do. You know, you know, we need we need to open up our pipelines. That way, we can, you know, if if this is like a cold war, a new cold war with Russia, then we need to start acting like it and start fighting them on an economic front. And that means opening up the pipelines and selling our uh, fossil fuels our energy to Europe. So they don't need to depend on an economy we don't want to thrive, which is in Russia. Anyway, I don't know, I, th I think everything's okay. <laughs> All right, so let's go to this uh, next story, which I find very interesting. Uh, Twitter says flunk fluctuations in follower counts are not automated. Uh, many conservative users are attributing the rapidly changing follower counts to Musk's purchase of the platform. So Republican surge in uh, surge in followers on Twitter parallel with a noticeable drop in many Democrats follower accounts are not an automated phenomenon. Twitter users noticed Tuesday the surprising spike and notable decrease of followers for high profile accounts. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis saw a spike of nearly 100,000 followers following the announcement Elon Musk will be purchasing Twitter. Former President Barack Obama has lost approximately 300,000 followers. Quote, we've been looking into recent fluctuations in follower accounts, Twitter told MSNBC in a statement. We will continue to take action on accounts that violate our spam policy, uh, which can affect follower accounts. These fluctuations appear to largely be a result of an increase in new account creation and deactivation. We'll continue looking for these follower account fluctuations and keep you updated, Twitter added. Many conservative users are attributing the rapidly changing follower accounts to Musk's purchase of the platform. Musk, who has frequently criticized Twitter for its abundant censorship, recently struck a deal to buy the platform for roughly $44 billion. And he says he intends to use it to promote free speech. Quote, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. And Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. Musk tweeted shortly after Twitter accepted Musk's sizable offer. Congressional Democrats sounded the alarm this week after Musk struck a deal to buy uh, Twitter for roughly $44 billion and take the social media company private. Among, among the lawmakers' chief, chief concerns was that Musk could allow former President Donald Trump, who was permanently banned from Twitter in 2021 after spreading misinformation about the 2020 election back, on the back onto the platform. That's the only president. It's like uh, back in the only president they've ever done that to is Donald Trump. Imagine, imagine like in, I don't know, like 1930s or something like that. And pre the president puts out a statement and the newspapers are saying, we're not going to print anything you want to put out. We're not going to print any of your speeches. We're not going to print anything that you say. <laughs> That's what that is. That's how insane the whole banning of Donald Trump has been. 
It's it's really nuts. That's the only person, only president of the United States. He it's in the history books. You gotta accept it. He was a president. It's the only person that they've done that to. It's ridiculous. And you know, it should be highly illegal. And hopefully, uh Musk turns uh, Twitter in a better direction. You know, hopefully. I mean, I've uh, you know, I've I actually got on my Twitter account today, checked it out, so, you know, changed some things around, updated it a little bit. I might become more active on Twitter if free speech is starting to be allowed, because I'd love to be able to, you know, talk to some of these famous people. Because that's that's the advantage. You, fo- I follow like like Ben Shapiro or wh- whoever, or Crowder on Facebook or something like that. If I type a comment, you know, th- that doesn't mean he, I know I think he's going to read it or I think he's going to like respond to it at all. But on Twitter, that can happen. I could tweet it. Wiz Khalifa or something like that. He could read my my insane ramblings and be like, what the? And just and respond with WTF, man. <laughs> and that would give me some sort of joy in my life if Wiz Khalifa says WTF, man, to me. I'm kidding. But it's but that's the point of this is like Elon Musk says it's, it's the public town square. and We should be allowed to speak on it. And I've, I've mentioned it before. It's like there's obviously a need for censorship. You know, there should, you know, there shouldn't be like gore and like snuff videos and stuff like that. There's, there should be some censorship, but you know, we need to be more fair about it and stuff like that. And I think Elon Musk even said, um, he's like, I hope all the people who, uh, disagree with me stay on Twitter because that's the point of free speech. And that's a, that's a very good point, you know, and that's why, you know, uh, that's why all these numbers are changing on Twitter. Lots of fluctuations. Obama losing 300,000 followers in one day. That doesn't happen. People don't create a new Twitter account, follow Barack Obama, and then unfollow him. You know what I'm saying? That means that there's like bots or or Twitter has been fudging the numbers. Now that they know they've got to turn over everything they got to Elon Musk, they're, they're rapidly trying to change code. They're rapidly trying to cover their illegal tracks because I guarantee you that might come out. That Twitter has been doing illegal things with the way that they've been censoring. Like censoring people based simply upon their political stance. And then anyone anyone who's slightly conservative or posted a conservative-esque meme on Twitter knows that. And, you know, the good thing about it is that, you know, it could influence other like if Twitter like changes to a more free speech platform and becomes quite successful because of it, you know, that could cause a ripple effect in other social media companies, fingers crossed, like YouTube or Facebook, and they start my, they might start getting, you know, following Twitter's lead. So for that reason, in the hopes that that will happen, that's why I might become more active on Twitter. All right, so Elon Musk condemned, this is another story kind of in the same track. Elon Musk condemns Twitter censorship on New York Post's, uh, New York Post's Hunter laptop story. So social media went wild after new Twitter owner Elon Musk tweeted Tuesday that censorship of the, of the New York Post's Hunter Biden story was, quote, obviously incredibly inappropriate. Conservatives on the platform rushed to highlight Musk's tweet, claiming Twitter's actions weren't just inappropriate, but a blatant but blatant election interference. 
On Tuesday, Breaking Point's uh, co-host, Sagar Njeti, tweeted about a report on Twitter's legal policy and trust lead, Vijaya Gadi. Forgive me if I got that wrong. I think I got it right. Crying, crying at a meeting about Musk purchasing the social media company for $44 billion. They love putting that number amount, that dollar amount, you know, because every single one of us wishes we could have written a check for $44 billion, <laughs> you know. You can write a check for that. You, I can write you a check for it. It's like, good luck cashing it. <laughs> but to, like, really have that money to, like, write a check that big. Anyway. And Jenny tweeted, Vijaya Gotti, uh, the top censorship advocate for, at Twitter, who famously gaslit the world on Joe Rogan's podcast uh, and censored the Hunter Biden laptop story, is very upset about at Elon Musk's takeover. Musk replied, suspending the Twitter account of a major news organization for publishing a truthful story was obviously incredibly inappropriate. The Tesla CEO was referring to Twitter suspending the New York Post uh, New York Post, just ahead of the 2020 election for publishing a story about the existence of the Hunter Biden laptop. The laptop contained emails, text messages, photos, and financial documents indicating foreign business dealings the first, uh, the first son of the Biden family were involved with, and the Biden family were involved with. As soon as Musk made the comment, he received a wave of support from conservatives and free, free speech advocates online. Washington Times columnist Tim Young replied to Musk tweeting, it was a blatant it was blatant election interference. The Federalist editor-in-chief of Fox and Fox News contributor Molly, Molly Hemingway tweeted that censorship in the Hunter Biden story was a horrific attack on our elections. And just gives a bunch of like all the people like retweeting and what they said about it too. And, you know, you know it's, um, he's right. He's right. It was incredibly inappropriate. I mean, that's, a, it's such a great answer. You know, uh, Elon Musk, he, he really is. He really does have a strategic mind. That's why I say I would love to play chess against him. He would kick the crap out of me. I know it. He has a strategic mind. And, you know, all he says is it's uh, it's obviously inappropriate, you know. <laughs> and then everyone else retweets him saying, no, it was straight up election interference, you know. But if Elon Musk came out there and said, no, that was straight up election interference, you know, Democrats tried to steal an election. Probably did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he doesn't say that. He just says incredibly inappropriate. And everyone else says, oh, no, I'll take it. I'll take it to the next level. I'll take it there. All right. Just to cheer up, we got two last stories here. We got a couple of happier stories that I like to talk about. So I saw this, uh, this story like drop like two days ago. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely using this one. Florida Bride allegedly laces wedding food with pot. Gwen grins as deputies arrive, body cam shows. She must have pigged out then. Florida deputies body, and you should at your wedding, you should. <laughs> You've probably been dieting, you're fitting that dress up to that point. Screw it, it's over. <laughs> Put on a pound or two. Anyway, so Florida deputies body cam video shows a grinning new bride as law enforcement responded to reports of mass marijuana overdose High people say the dumbest thing. At, at high mass marijuana, you can't, you can't overdose on marijuana. At her wedding, after she and the caterer allegedly engaged in lacing their guests' food with pot and causing multiple bad trips. You don't trip on pot. What the hell? It shows deputies telling the catering staff, don't put anything away yet, after loading victims into the back of an ambulance. Why'd you need an ambulance? Just give them some potato chips or something. Sit in front of the TV. They'll be fine. 
Anyway, quote, we have all been affected somehow by what was put in the food. A man whose face is blurred tells a Seminole County Sheriff's deputy in video recorded at a February 19th wedding released on Monday. Quote, we're trying to figure out who put it in the food, whether it was a guest or the catering company, the officer responds, before walking across the lawn to interview the bride and groom. The bride, Danya Glenny Svoboda, 42, and caterer Jocelyn Bryant, 31, have been charged with tampering, culpable negligence, and marijuana delivery. They did not respond to requests for comments on Monday, uh, nor did a lawyer listed for Bryant. <laughs> it is not immediately clear who is representing Svoboda. Uh, the body cam video shows law enforcement confronting the bride and groom after the wedding went south. Quote, Supp supposedly your food had cannabis inside of it. The deputy can be heard telling the couple the, uh, as the wedding singer is uh, uh, standing with them trying to get paid. Did you guys authorize that? <laughs> <laughs> I need you to sign this authorization. Weed, uh, we <laughs> spiking weed, <laughs> spiking people with weed authorization. I'll sign that. There we go. That's a weed, the weed delivery authorization form. Did you authorize that? Quote, I have no idea, replies the husband, Andrew Svoboda, who has not been charged. His face appears blurred in the footage. The, <laughs> the bride is standing in the background, seemingly aloof with a smile on her face. The grin turns into a strained look and she shakes her head no as the deputy repeats his question. At least 18 uh, com people complained of feeling high or ill after eating the at the reception, according to court documents. There were between 50 and 70 guests present. That's a lot of pot. According to court documents, one victim, Miranda Cady, told investigators that she saw Bryant placing spoonfuls of what looked like a green herb mixture into olive oil for the bread. It smelled like pot, but it lost its scent once mixed, once mixed with the oil. Yeah, that's how you cook with weed. She said, basic chemistry, folks. She said she recognized the caterer from a prior event in January. When she confronted Svoboda on the dance floor, the bride allegedly admits to lacing the food and she acted like she, uh, that she should be excited like she were given a gift. She also told investigators she was terrified at how the food made her feel and showed them a positive marijuana test. Jeez Louise. You carry that around with you? Uh, all 10 people seated at, their t at her table discussed feeling the drug's effects the next day as in, the gr in a group text. <laughs> she told investigators, it must have been a lot, a lot of it. Other alleged victims included a half dozen relatives of the bride who had traveled in from Michigan and the newlyweds neighbor. One questionable dish the victims shared in common was bread and olive oil appetizer. Authorities later tested food uh, dumped on the neighbor's lawn nearby. What? Later tested food dumped on the neighbor's lawn nearby. Okay. And found, I don't, no explanation for that. And found traces of the THC in the lasagna as well, document state. Uh, Christopher Bowman, who lives near the wedding venue, told Fox News, Fox News Digital Monday that his security cameras recorded an unidentified woman dumping trash on his property on the evening of the nuptials. We found what looked like some uh, food left over. Okay, there, there we go. Leftover and stuff. It looked like a lot of dessert, salad, some kind of pasta dumped on our front lawn. Nothing we could use. I'm kidding. He didn't say that. <laughs> uh, he said he was not sure who the woman was, but uh, that he did not believe her to be Svoboda or Bryant. Bowman and his wife reached out to the homeowners association and were told to contact police. Police referenced their video, uh, their video and the warrants that they had tested some of the food and found THC, the active ingredient in marijuana. 
The gated community, known as the Springs, was built in the 70s and is rife with nature trails and wild animals, Billman said. He has lived there for about two years and said it's his first trouble he's seen stemming from the wedding at the clubhouse. It's been the first time I've heard of anything. It's not a neighborhood that has that kind of stuff going on. N no, it probably has a lot of that stuff going on. You know, you just, look, it's hilarious. It's a funny story and everything like that, but you shouldn't dose people. That's not cool. You know, um, unless you say, do you want me to put, do you want some of the special bread and olive oil? That's a different story. But you shouldn't, like, force people to take something they don't want to take. You know, not everyone. Clearly, you know, if they called the ambulance and stuff like that, I think I'm dying. It's like, no, you're just high. Calm down. Jeez Louise. Anyway, let's go to this last story. Is it piety or a promotion? Mark Wahlberg asked fans to pray the rosary together. Find peace. You got to stay prayed up. Hollywood star Mark Wahlberg celebrated fans who have found peace through prayer and encouraged others to, get, to, to stay prayed up with him on an app. Quote, I've been getting a lot of messages uh, from people who have been praying every day and finding peace, and especially sending wonderful messages about, messages about doing a rosary with me on the Hollow app. Wahlberg said in a video message last week to his more than 18 million followers on Instagram. Quote, let's do the rosary together and stay prayed up. You got to stay prayed up. God bless you, he added. Uh, Catholic prayer and meditation app Hollow launched a partnership with Wahlberg earlier this month. There it is. It's the most downloaded and used Catholic app in the world and released uh, resources as the actor's newest film, Father Stew, was released. Ooh, double whammy. Wahlberg, Wahlberg has long broken his Hollywood, uh, with Hollywood and publicly spoken about his devout Catholic faith, including release, releasing his daily routine in 2018, de detailing a 2.30 a.m. wake-up that kicks off with prayer at 2.45 a.m. So you pray after you poop, right? That's how I do it too. Quote, I, I pray to be a good servant to God, a father, a husband, a son, a friend, a brother, an uncle, a good neighbor, and a good leader to those who look up to me and a good follower to those who are serving God and doing the right thing. He told English uh, broadcaster Piers Morgan in 2012. Father Stu, which was released on April 13th, is Wahlberg's first religious project. The movie chronicles the true story of an amateur boxer, Stuart Long, and his journey of becoming a priest. So that's my question. Is it piety or is it promotion? You know, you could say it's a little bit of both. And regardless, regardless of Mark Wahlberg's uh, intentions, regardless of that, there, it is a good thing. It is a good thing if it inspires somebody to be more open to the concept of prayer, concept to the idea, uh, open to the concept of religion. I think that that's a good thing, even if Mark is doing this for selfish reasons. It could make people say, I'm going to download this Hollow app and like help. Maybe that app will keep me accountable in my prayer life, help keep myself accountable in my prayer life. And you should pray. You should. Even if, it's Mar even if Mark Wahlberg is just trying to make money, or maybe he's trying to combine his, his true faith with his work. And maybe now is the right, right time for something like that to happen in this country. You know, a lot of these people is like they've grown up with their atheist parents and stuff like that. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know if there's nothing. I don't know if there's nothing. And so I think it's a good thing. A lot of good can come from that no matter what it is. I'm not saying you have to go watch Father Stew or you have to download the Hollow app. I'm, uh, I'm not a Catholic. I'm not really into all that. That's weird Roman stuff. Anyway, so uh, 
you know, I'm a Baptist and, you know, the, the difference between like a Baptist and a Catholic is like a, you know, a, a Catholic will, will probably pray more, you know, but it's the same prayer frequently than a, like a Baptist. But even as a Baptist, I have to say, you know, I have to talk to God every day. I mean, it's just something I do, like as I'm going to sleep, it's, it's a prayer as I'm going to sleep because, uh, you know, it's hard for me to sleep. And it's just a good way to organize my thoughts and organize, you know, what I, uh, what I feel and like get things off my, off my chest and so forth. It's a good thing. A lot of good can come from that, no matter Mark Wahlberg's intentions. And that's kind of what's interesting about the acts, acts of men. It's like, uh, you could see like some, like some guy runs across the street and pulls a kid out from oncoming traffic, saves their life. And he could be the biggest piece of shit in your life, but you're, but you could sit there, you could sit there and say, look at that. That's a, that's a man doing God's work. You know, some of the evilest people in the world could be doing God's work sometimes. That's interesting. That's real interesting. It's like, that's, it's like some of the, some of the worst people you ever met can sometimes even do God's work. And that's kind of the point of redemption you know, and faith and forgiveness. And in this world on social media, it's like one bad tweet, you know, and you're, you're unforgivable, you know, you shit on one actor's bed and it's unforgivable. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But even Amber Heard can come to atonement, you know, even these people can come to atonement. Anyway, this is going to be the end of the show. I want to remind you again, I have a Patreon, go to patreon.com slash shock monkey radio, become a patron. I also have a cash app, cash tag, shock monkey radio. If you want to send me money that way, um, follow me on social media. I got the, uh, DNA L A T S A W it's wasteland backwards on Twitter. I'm a shock monkey radio redux on Facebook and at S L Robbins on Instagram. You can follow me there. If you like, I might start getting more active on Twitter. Who knows? Um, also if you want, uh, uh, links to my book or the Patreon that should be in the description, if not now, it should be tomorrow. So Uh, Thanks again for joining us here on Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you.